Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Ready? Let's read it together. This is my Bible. It is God's word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. You are what you eat. Have you ever heard that before? You are what you eat. Well, it's kind of true when it comes to your relationship with God too. You are what you eat. See, the goal is for us to become strong men and women of God and to build strong families, strong churches in our relationship with God. But strong Christianity isn't an accident. It doesn't just happen. It's a result of steadily feeding on healthy ingredients, or I'll call them spiritual disciplines that will help you and help me grow stronger and stronger in our relationship with God. Did you know there's a lot of verses in the Bible from cover to cover that encourage us to strengthen our relationship with God? Just for example, they won't be on the screen. Joshua 1.9, God tells Joshua, be strong and of good courage. And then in Romans 4.20, it tells us that Abraham was strengthened in his faith. And then in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Paul instructs the church, that's us, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. What do you think of when you think of the word strong? Unshakable, long-lasting, sturdy, rooted, superman, amen, right? Faster than a speeding bullet. I'm aging myself there a little bit, right? But you know what strong means. Friend, God wants you to have a strong relationship with him. So we believe that we're hearing from the Lord as a church. And this is our second week on a series that we're calling Building a Strong Christian Life. And we've got a workbook, a notebook for you for further study. And we're just really giving you an overview. And you can develop more intense study at your home with our workbook. But we've also got a subtitle. Here's the subtitle. It's important. Developing a passion for spiritual disciplines. Disciplines. Oh, that word, right? Doesn't sound so passionate. Disciplines. But you know what passionate means? To be emotionally charged about something. I'm passionate about food. Those of you who know me know that I am. But just like food helps an individual, becoming passionate about these spiritual disciplines, spiritual habits that God shows us in the Bible, when we begin to utilize those in our life, it helps us to grow strong in our relationship with God. Think about this with me. Any great meal has a great recipe. And we have all these different ingredients for the recipe. And if you leave one or two or three out, then the recipe won't come out the way you intended it to come out. It'll be missing something. It'll taste terrible. Well, our relationship with God is kind of like that. There are these spiritual ingredients, spiritual 
disciplines that the Bible shows us that we need to include in our relationship with God. And if we leave one out or we pick and choose the ones that taste the best and we leave the others out, then we won't develop the strength in our relationship with Jesus the way that God wants us to. And God wants you to be strong. And so that's why we're going through this and we're talking about developing a hunger, an appetite for these spiritual disciplines. Last week, if you were here, you noticed we talked about the very first one out of the shoots, and this was it, developing a passion for souls. If you're not in church a lot, you might be, what is, what is that, souls? Well, we gotta remember, people are created in the image of God. And because of our sin, we're separated from God, and God loves people, so he made a way for them to be reconnected to him. And so God sent Jesus. He did this incredible work through his death, his burial, his resurrection. And before he left, he gave all of his followers the great commission. And he said, go, make disciples of all people, baptize them, teach them, help them to follow me and live the way that I showed you to live. So as a follower of Jesus, one of the very first things that I need to ask God to help me with is to be concerned about people and to be willing to be used by God to help them connect with him so that while they're living on earth, they don't live like hell on earth. And so that after they die, they avoid going to hell and they go to heaven. Amen? Listen, don't sell yourself short and think living for God is just about when I die and go to heaven. No, no, no. If you believe in Jesus, the Bible says you have eternal life now. And the God of all creation lives in you now through his spirit. And he wants to help you, friend. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to get God's help. So we got to learn, God cares about all these people. Help me, God, to care about them too. So if you missed that message, you can go to our website or you can get my podcast or my Facebook post from last week. We put it on video. David Millette, he did a great job in helping us to understand the different aspects of the Great Commission, the command, the assignment, and the promise. So I don't have time to go into that. I want to give us some new uh, direction for today. So turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Two, and we're going to look at one verse just to kind of give us a springboard, and then I'm going to take us through some other scriptures. If you don't catch them all, that's okay. There, some of them are in your workbook. Um, some of them will be on the screen, and we'll just trust the Lord to give us a really good overview of what we're going to talk about today. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Uh, one of the things I need you to remember is, in the book of Acts, it's the start of the church. So just before Jesus left, he commanded his followers to go pray and wait for the coming of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came, filled them, and gave them a new passion for Jesus and to do what Jesus wanted them to do. And so the church is birthed, and they're beginning to live as the church. They're beginning to live as followers of Jesus. And we can see in Acts chapter 2 that they begin to lay some spiritual ingredients, some spiritual disciplines that enable them to live strong Christian lives. That will enable you and I today to live strong Christian lives. Acts chapter 2 verse 42. This is what the Bible says. And they, that's the followers of Jesus, continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Now, let me read it to you in the New Living Translation. The verbiage is a little easier to understand, and then I'll explain some of it. The New Living Translation says this, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to sharing meals. I'll insert this. That includes the Lord's Supper, taking communion, 
and to prayer. Now, what I want to focus today on is the word doctrine or the word teaching. Think about that. The leaders that Jesus called to help make other followers, they were gathering together and they were teaching. They were giving doctrine. That's what that means. How many of you ever heard of this phrase? Oh, that guy was trying to indoctrinate them. You ever, ever heard the word indoctrinate? What does that mean? That, that means you're teaching some values and some principles and some systems that we believe should be part of your life. You're indoctrinating someone. That's what the early church was doing. They were indoctrinating the followers of Jesus. What were they indoctrinating them with? What were they teaching them? Well, if you study the scriptures, you'll know they were teaching the followers what Jesus taught them. And Jesus referred to the scriptures, the Old Testament, the prophets, the Psalms. There are so many prophetic scriptures that Jesus would use to teach. Jesus taught the scriptures, and Jesus taught the apostles to teach those who would follow him later. So that's what they're teaching. And I want for you to catch that because the title of today's message is simply this, developing a passion for the word of God. Developing a passion for the Bible, for the scriptures. Now, I want you to hear what I'm saying here. This is important. God speaks to us through the scriptures. But he doesn't only speak to us through the scriptures. God can speak to you in many ways. But if you're not rooted and grounded in the scriptures... The devil could speak to you in many ways too. And this is why it's so important that Jesus said, hey, teach them what I taught you. Teach them the scriptures. Why is it so important beyond that? Well, two really, really good reasons. First of all is the Bible is God's big story of him rescuing people and setting them up in a whole different heavenly value system and then commissioning those people to rescue other people and reconnect them with God. So the Bible tells God's big story. And if you're going to follow God and grow strong, you need to know God's big story. The second reason that it's important to have a passion for the word of God is the Bible or the word of God, listen, friend, will help you to live a victorious, faith-filled, hope-filled, overcoming, devil-stomping relationship with God and become fully prepared for the plan and the purpose that God has for you in his big story. So you got to become familiar with the scriptures. One of my favorite scriptures about the scriptures in 2 Timothy 3.16. You've heard it. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And is profitable for teaching and correction and so on and so forth. And in verse 17, it helps you to be prepared and fully equipped for the place that God has for you in your relationship with him, in your relationship with Jesus and your life as a Christian. So the scriptures are inspired by God. What does that mean? God through his Holy Spirit, he moved on holy men and women and exactly what he wanted to be penned for our record so that we can learn about God and learn how to live with God and learn as followers of God. We have it here in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Pastor Robert, how, 
How do I know the Bible is true? Friend, that's a different teaching and another subject that we have to go down. But let me just say this. There's a lot of evidence that points to the truth of the scriptures. And one of them is the historical evidence. There were lots, thousands of prophecies foretelling of what would happen. And they did happen. And you can go back and you can check the history. And there's record marker after record marker after record marker of scripture coming to pass. That's one of the ways to determine the authenticity of the scriptures. So as Christians, we're learning to become passionate about the word of God. It's so important that we do that. Now, Jesus, when he was battling against the devil, let me just ask this. It's not a trick question. Anybody ever have a battle against the devil or just something evil, something dark, something destructive coming against you? Jesus did. And in Matthew 4, 4, this is what he said. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, let me just point something out, friend. You may know this, and uh, it's just fascinating to me. But Jesus could have said anything right there. Notice what he said. It is written. What was he referring to? He was referring to Old Testament scripture in the book of Deuteronomy. So when Jesus was battling the devil, what did he do? He quoted scripture. And then he made it clear, if you want to live the life that God has for you, friend, you're going to have to learn to hear God speak to you. And you're going to have to learn to live according to what God says, not according to what the world says. So the scriptures will help you and I grow strong, healthy, deep, rooted Christian lives. Are you with me so far? Say, I'm with you. Let's look at Acts 2.42 again. Notice it says, the believers continued steadfastly. Say those two words with me. Come on. Continued steadfastly. Oh, what does that mean? It means to be intently focused and committed to hardworking with diligent effort. Come on. Anybody can see what it means to be steadfastly committed to something. It it indicates that the early church knew how important God's word was and they pursued it. They went after it. It was a main ingredient to building a strong Christian life. Now, don't raise your hand and don't look around. Just think about it yourself. If you were to rate yourself in your strength for a passion for the word of God and the scriptures, one being the weakest, five being the strongest, where do you land? Where do I land? And if you look at your life, a lot of times where you land, it will be synonymous with how strong your life is with God. So this is not something we should take lightly. God wants us to be strong. And he's given us his scriptures. He's given us his holy word to strengthen us and fortify us and help us to grow. So next few minutes, I just want to give you three benefits. Three benefits that God's word brought to the early church. And that will bring to you too. Benefit number one. God's word strengthened the church internally. Internally. Come on. All of the thoughts and all of the struggles and all of the anxiousness and all of the worry and all of the questions and all of the what if and all of the uncertainty. Where does that happen? Happens internally. It does for me. Notice this verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13. It's a letter. 
Some of you Bible scholars might know this was the first letter that became part of the Bible. A lot of people don't know that, but some might. And Paul wrote this letter thanking the church in Thessalonica for their faith and and for their willingness to stay strong and follow Jesus. And this is what he said in 1 Thessalonians 2.13. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. Listen to this part, which also effectively works in you who believe. Friend, if you and I want to grow a strong Christian life, we have to welcome the word of God. We have to welcome the scriptures. We have to welcome God's voice through the Holy Spirit as we're reading the scriptures. And when we do, the word of God supernaturally goes to work in you. Bringing you strength, bringing you faith, bringing you hope, silencing unbelief, silencing fear, silencing doubt, strengthening you and fortifying you and giving you a hopeful future. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say, if I want God to work in my life, I must work God's word into my life. And you work God's word into your life. It goes to work on your behalf. You might not be able to see it happening right away, but like any recipe, it takes time. How many of you like a good ribeye rub? Come on, Joey, you're awake for that one, right? Some good marinade, right? I like to make myself a good marinade once in a while for some chicken, fajitas, or steak, or whatever. Listen, most recipes you know, in order for all of those ingredients to come together and really do its thing, it's got to sit for a while. Amen? Sometimes a couple hours. I like those recipes. Sometimes 24 hours. I don't like those so much because I want to eat it now. Where are you going, Pastor Robert? Well, what I'm trying to say is sometimes you didn't experience all the power of God's word right away. But like a good marinade, it's working in there. The ingredients of faith and hope and love and, and the power of God, it's working on the inside of you. And little by little by little, as you're receiving it and you're eating it and you're developing a passion for God's word, things begin to change. Can I say this? You begin to change. Don't look at your neighbor and tell him you need to change. But you know we all need to change, right? And God's word is so powerful, it works on the inside of you. Here's a second benefit that the early church experienced. God's word validated the church externally. So it worked on the inside of them internally, but it also validated the people of God, the followers of God externally out here in the world. Notice what it says in Mark 16, 20. It says this about the followers of Jesus. And they went out and they preached everywhere. What were they preaching? Not a trick question. Somebody tell it to me. They're preaching the word. Preaching what Jesus preached to them. They went everywhere preaching and the Lord working with them And confirming the word through the accompanying signs. So they were preaching the word of God, the power of God, the promises of God. And people were being healed and people were being set free and people were being saved and people were being delivered. Just the power of Jesus was flowing through the early church. And it's so amazing that the Lord himself was working with them 
He validated what they were preaching, and what they were preaching validated them. Did you know you could say you're a Christian, I could say I'm a Christian till I'm blue in the face, but how I live my life validates whether or not I really am a Christian. It validates me externally out here where I live. Amen? And so the early church, as they were preaching the word, the Lord confirmed the word, the promises and the power of God through the message of God. And then the message that they were preaching validated, oh yes, these are followers of Jesus. We see what they're doing. They're doing what Jesus did and they're getting the results that Jesus got. Can I just say Jesus is still in the working miracles uh, uh, business today? He still works miracles. He still works in behalf of people. I was reading a book. I have a book. It's called uh, uh, From the Field of Missionaries. And it's a four-square book. We're a four-square denomination. Uh, if you don't know what that means, you can go to our website. If you have questions, just let me know. But there's this book called Field of Missionaries. And this is a true story from some missionaries. I want to just read it to you because it's a true story about how God's word validated them as followers of Jesus. So just let me, let me read it to you. The weekly women's group at the Foursquare Willow Vale Mission is called Manano. Now, Manano means to unite. This was in South Africa. It says, at Manano, women are discipled by missionaries and taught to disciple others. Recently, the Manano women heard that a Foursquare woman from a remote area, had lost her husband in a mining accident. They went to the woman's home to console and encourage their mourning sister, since she was the only Christian in the family. When the Manano group arrived at the women's home, they met the dead man's mother, an unsaved woman who had been totally deaf for many years. The women were concerned about the deaf mother, knowing that although they had been sent to this place with God's word and God's message, the word was falling on truly deaf ears. She couldn't hear. So they prayed for the dear mother. They prayed for comfort for the loss of her son, but also for her spiritual and physical ears to be opened so she could hear the message of the gospel, the word of God. Nothing obvious happened immediately, but not long after the prayer, the women noticed new interest in the mother's face. She was tilting her head towards sound rather than just light and movement. Then the mother began to smile. What happened? In the midst of losing her son, she gained her hearing. And the Manano women happily shared the good news of Jesus, the Savior, the baptizer, the healer, and the soon-coming king to a woman whose ears and heart had been closed to the truth, but now were open. The following week, the mother received Jesus as her Savior. Can somebody say amen? So what happened in that situation? In that situation, the message that they were preaching and the message that they were carrying as disciples, followers of Jesus, was confirmed externally by God working a miracle and giving that woman back her hearing. You know, that's available for us today, church, and we're believing God for that. That's from a woman named Sharman Stockton, missions team specialist to South Africa. 
Here's the third benefit that the early church received from the word of God and being passionate for it. Here it is. God's word resourced the church abundantly. Come on, somebody say abundantly. You know what abundantly means. Now, the church in Acts chapter 2, you have to, you have to visualize this. Uh, they were there for a very special time of year, the year of Pentecost, uh, the time of Pentecost. And there were people that have come from all kinds of different parts of the world, right? The Holy Spirit comes. People get filled with his spirit and the power of God. Follow me. Peter preaches a message. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says 3,000 souls got saved. Talk about a good problem to have in church. What are we going to do with all of these people? Many of the people don't live here. They've come. They want to follow Jesus. They might have uprooted now, and they're saying, we're going to stay here. But how do we live? What do we do? We need stuff. We have need. Watch this. In Acts 2, 44 and 45, this is what it says. Now, all who believed in Jesus were together and had all things in common. Listen to this. This is wild. And sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. That's miraculous, friend. God's word was teaching them about the graciousness of God, about the graciousness of Jesus, about not holding on to earthly riches. The root of evil is what? Not money, the love of money. And they were so convinced that we're in this together that they were willing to provide for one another's needs, to share with one another. Let me just encourage us. God's word, when we hear it and we receive it, it will give you a willingness to resource someone else's need from time to time. God wants to use us for that. We don't have to be limited. We can measure God's willingness in our life by hearing him speak to us and he will. And he'll put brothers and sisters on your heart. And he'll have you to go to them. And he'll have you to resource a need that you might be able to resource that they can't. This happened in the Bible. This happened in the New Testament church. Can I just say this, friend? What a place it would be if that would happen more today. Amen? Now, Pastor Robert, you're, come on, you're getting kind of personal. What are you trying to say? I should sell everything? No, I'm not, I'm not saying that. It was a very specific time. It was very special. But what I am saying is that if we'll be open to the power of God's word and the truth of God's word, he'll move on your heart. He'll move on your life. And guess what, friend? We'll be privileged to be used by God to resource someone else's need. I can't tell you how many times people have resourced our needs over the years. When we were in so much debt, $50,000, we got her BMW repossessed. I say her BMW, it really was. It had leather seats and heated seats and it had a, it had a, a what is it, convertible. It broke her heart. You know, we were struggling. And we had dear friends in the church. They gave us money. They gave us groceries. They encouraged us. They strengthened us. We made it through the church and the love. What if they had been closed off? That's not God. They can make it. Friend, God's word is so powerful. It's alive. And if we'll begin to develop a passion for God's word, I promise, just like it did in the early church, it will strengthen you internally. 
It will confirm you as a genuine follower of God externally. People will look at your life and they'll want what you have. What do you have? You have a relationship with God through Jesus. God's word will begin to resource you so that you can be an extension of God's resources to people around you. God loves people. And his word covers just about every area of life. There isn't anything we have to miss because God loves us so much. He gave us his word. So, Pastor Robert, okay, I should develop a hunger and an appetite for the Bible. What should I do? What should I do? I'm going to give you two practical things you could do, okay? But I have to talk about food one more time before I do that. Have you ever been to a mall and you walk by a food court? Come on, anybody ever been there? Right? I'm a sucker for the food courts, okay? Because you can be just walking along, trying to go buy your thing, and then somebody's out there and they got samples. Come on, anybody ever get those samples before? I do. I'm going to get some samples, buddy. Sample up. And, and what they're hoping is that you like the sample so much that you're willing to buy a lunch or a dinner. And I've done it many times. You probably have too, right? It's kind of like that in your relationship with God. You know, the Bible says, listen, taste. And see for yourself that the Lord is good. He has good plans for you. He loves you. He wants to help you. He wants to be with you. He wants to guide you. Not just after you die. While you're alive. And then it continues when we go to heaven. Amen? So you got to taste. So what can I do? Here's two things you could do. Real, real easy. or promise, okay? The first thing you need to do, if you want to develop a hunger for the scriptures, so you can grow strong. First thing you got to do is you got to connect with someone else that has a passion for God's word. You need a Bible buddy. It's hard to, to, to get in there. How many NASCAR fans we got? Any NASCAR fans? Okay. What, what is it called when one car gets right behind another? It's a draft, right? I don't know a lot about that, but there's something about that draft that makes the car that's following go faster and get up there and stay right with it, and he's just moving along like he should in the race. A Bible buddy will be like that for you in developing a passion for God's word. You got to get in their draft, they're excited, they're passionate, they're feeding on this already, and they're going to pull you under their wing, and they're going to encourage you, and they're going to strengthen you, and they're going to show you. So just find a Bible buddy and make a decision to connect with them for a coffee once a week or twice a month or something, because if you can find a Bible buddy who's already passionate about this, it'll be easier for you to begin to taste and little by little by little, you'll start reading the Bible and God will start strengthening your life and God will start changing things in you and God will start setting you free and he'll start renewing your mind and people will notice. And then all of a sudden you're like, man, I, I can't wait to read my Bible again. Something supernatural. This is a supernatural book from God. So you need a Bible, buddy. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing that you can do. Make a daily appointment with God. Just make an appointment with him. He's a real God, and he cares about real problems. Just make an appointment with him. Let me tell you something. 
From the moment you open your eyes in the morning, the devil is going to fight you tooth and nail for every minute of every day so you don't keep your appointment with God. He's going to do it. I promise. Just make an appointment. It doesn't have to be in the morning. I'm an early riser. It could be at night. It could be at lunch. Whenever. Make an appointment. And don't try to do two hours of reading. Just start light. 30 minutes. Just read your Bible. Ask God to speak to you. Pray. Here's what you need at your appointment. Five practical things you could take, right? Get a good study Bible. You need a good study Bible. Don't get a King James Bible if you've never read the Bible. Okay? It's hard to understand. Get a good study Bible that you could read, that you can understand. You won't miss it. God will speak to you through it. You need a study Bible or a Bible app on your phone. Okay? All kinds of versions on your app. Here's the second thing. You need a reading plan. A reading plan. We have journals in the back. I'll give you one. It has a reading plan. Why do I need a reading plan? My experience has been if you don't have a reading plan, you'll keep going to the same verses over and over and over because that's just your creature of habit. And if you have a reading plan, it'll take you through the scriptures, through the Bible. Okay, start with that. After a couple years, if you want to branch out, you can. But start with a reading plan. It will help you to develop this passion and discipline. Okay, here's the third thing. I suggest a journal or an a, a iPad or a computer to write your notes. God's going to talk to you. He's going to show himself real to you. And you could record those. And you can go back and be encouraged by them. And you can use them to encourage other people. So the first thing you need is a good study Bible, a reading plan, a journal, or a computer. And then you need a pen and a highlighter. I'm serious. Some people, I have a friend, uh, he has a Bible. He's had it for 60 years. It looks brand new. Brand new. I mean, brand new. Don't you dare ask him to put a pen or a highlighter to his Bible. It'd kick you out of his house. I mean, that's a holy book. Don't you dare. But can I just tell you, it's okay to underline scriptures and to highlight scriptures because God's going to speak to you to scriptures. For example, somebody needs to hear this right now. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. That's Jeremiah 29, 11. God will speak to you when you're reading and it'll be like, wow, I needed to hear that. And you write it down. And the Holy Spirit, who's there with you, he'll show you how to apply that to your life. Little by little by little. If you'll just do those things, friend, you'll develop a passion for the word of God. And when you do that, you'll be putting in one of those key ingredients that help the early church grow strong and will help you grow strong today. Have you been blessed by the word this morning, church? Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.